0: Going to be <clears throat> I'm going to be reading the scripture lesson is a part of my sermon excuse me. <clears throat> I've grown up in a church and so I've spent a good number of years um, attending worship, um, singing the songs, Learning the words of the hymns, listening to the sermons, um, and so I would like—I would guess it's true for most of us. Uh, I also have some favorite hymns over the years, the kind of kind of music that may just sort of find a niche in your your heart and settle in there and help kind of inform you a little bit. And uh, one of my favorite songs over the years is, is is one that I think is probably well known to a good number of us. in, that, in the title of it is, As the Deer. And uh, Brenda's going to be sa- playing this song during um, communion. Um, as the Deer, and I, I need to just put out to you that it, it just happens to be that it was written by a, a, a cousin, second, third, fourth, I don't know what it was, I've never met him, but it, it is a cousin, Marty Nystrom, who wrote this this song. But it's a favorite, has been for me, and and in many churches it is is sung quite often. I think you might have sung it here just recently as well. But as the deer, uh, the words of it go, As the deer pants for living water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. As the deer pants for living water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. And these words are to be found in Psalm 42, verse 1. And these are the kind of words, the kind of phrases that, that, that just ring a bell in lots of, of, of people's minds um, throughout the years. Uh, it, it speaks to this, this deep yearning in, in, in the, with the psalmist uh, to know and to be known by God. And it presents this deep thirst as something that's it's kind of universal, that it's, it's what sort of explains something about all of us as well. So these words of the psalmist uh, would have been well known in the Jewish community of Jesus' day. These are words that w- would, would, would come to mind and, and might be, be read and sung, just as we sing the psalms in so many respects. Um, they would be familiar words. As the deer pants for living water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. Well, in the sermon text for today, I think it, is, it does as well to have this song in mind, this psalm in mind as we as we listen to Jesus uh, and in his words in the temple because my guess is that it is in it, it when, as he stands up to make a pronouncement it might very well be in response to just such a song just such a psalm as this one and so as we hear his words today i would encourage us to have in mind Uh, what it is that he might, in fact, be responding to. On the last and greatest day of the feast, that's the setting. People who have been gathered together, people who are celebrating together, the, the fact that seeking out to God, wanting to be known by God. And on this last and greatest day of the feast, I'm reading here from from John uh, chapter 7, beginning with verse 37. Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice. Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, now again, go back to the song. As the deer pants for living water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, he is the Christ. Still others asked, how can the Christ come from Galilee? Does not the scripture say that the Christ will come from David's family and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Let us pray. Lord, we would seek to stand before you now with ears that are open to hear, eyes that are, in a sense, open to imagine ourselves as part of that, that, that crowd of people, that situation where Jesus so boldly stands up and offers this great promise. Help us, Lord, to take it all in and take it to heart. Amen. Amen. Jesus is making a very, very bold promise to his disciples in this text. In fact, he's making a very, very bold promise to all the folks who are in the temple. Um, And in turn, he's making a very, very bold promise to us as well. Quite simply, it is he who will satisfy the deepest yearnings of our hearts. And not only is he going to satisfy the deepest yearnings of our hearts, but he's going to prompt us, prompt each one of us, to be the person that God intended for us to be. A blessing to others. A case in point, a church which plants a, a garden for the sake of the poor. Or in the case of Portsmouth Union, a church that takes a big piece of its property and builds affordable housing and food for those out on the street, and packs sandwiches to be distributed throughout the community. What wonderful examples of what it means to be a blessing to others. In all of this and so much more, because Jesus says to us today what he said to his disciples long ago. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Good things happen in other ways. Good things happen that are going to be a blessing to others around you. And all of this because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the very essence of Christ at work in our hearts and minds. And this is exactly what happens with the disciples. the lives of the disciples, soon after Jesus ascends to heaven. And on that first Pentecost, they come to realize that even though Jesus is no longer present with them in the flesh, he is now known to them by way of the Holy Spirit. And so it was that, as as the writer Francis Chan explains, and this is a quote, when the Holy Spirit descended and was revealed to them, They were no longer timid, no longer confused, but bold and inspired as they began to declare and live out the gospel of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. They would become, as the scriptures attest, like rivers of living water to people near and far as the good news of the gospel began to be shared and would be spreading around the world. Such is the gift of the Holy Spirit, says the writer Philip Yancey, that if a person desires a personal relationship with God, it is the Holy Spirit that takes the word personal to a new level. It is a Holy Spirit that takes the word personal to a new level. In fact, as he goes on to say, no other religion makes such an extravagant claim that the God of the universe exists not just as an external <clears throat> power that we must somehow try to reach out to and obey, but God exists as the one whose very spirit Lives within us, transforming us from the inside out, opening a channel of direct communication with Him while making us a blessing to others. Now, that is to me incredibly good news. A few years ago, there was an article in the magazine Christianity Today, and um, the, the 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 article that was that was caught my attention had a picture of a young boy, and uh, he was sitting in a, in a corner of a classroom, and uh, he was sitting on a stool with a, a, a dunce hat on his head. Now, people nowadays, kids nowadays, wouldn't have any clue what a dunce cap is, but there he sat with a dunce cap on his head, and. Uh, Beneath the picture was the title for the article, which was, To Kill or to Love? That is the question. To Kill or to Love? That is the question. Well, the, the title certainly caught my attention. Uh, the author of the article was a, a young man by the name of, of Brandon O'Brien. And, and he was a, 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 this young Christian guy who had just recently taken his first job as a, as a uh, teacher in a middle school. And, 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 and he, in a sense, knew what he was getting, getting in for. It, it, was, it was going to be a tough assignment. But he soon learned that th- there was a boy named Stuart in his class who was going to make his job nearly impossible. Well, as this young teacher explains in the article, each day of an entire semester, I tried to summon the patience to deal with Stuart by reminding myself over and over again, Stuart deserves my respect because he is made in the image of God. He deserves my respect because he's made in the image of God. But as Brandon O'Brien explains, it didn't work. It didn't work. And far worse, I became horrified, he said, by the thoughts I was entertaining in my head. It was scary as I realized how much I would like to just shake Stuart or spank Stuart or at least sting him with a cruel and heartless remark. But then, says Brandon, something quite unexpected happened. Much to my surprise, he wrote, the Holy Spirit did a remarkable thing and spoke a word of truth into my heart. What I came to realize was that the the question was not whether or not I could recognize the image of God in Stuart. The real question was whether Stuart could recognize the image of God in me. That was to be the question. Well, this was a powerfully told story in this magazine, about what it means to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, to shape us into the kind of people God would have us to be for others. Those kind who might be described as having, being a river of living water. It was in fact, such an eye-opening experience for this young teacher, that not only did he find himself being more patient with Stuart's antics in the classroom. This teacher would actually, on occasion, stay after school with Stuart and sit sit alongside him while he was serving detention. Sit alongside him while he's serving detention. Because Brandon had come to realize, and this is a quote, I, too, was always in need of transformation. I, too, was always in need of transformation. Well, such is the work of the Holy Spirit, that the work is never, never always done. One final story. A few years ago, Pam and I moved to Portland, and um, we were living over in in, uh, Columbia, uh, New Columbia at the time, and a friend in the neighborhood um, came and asked one day if I would be willing to be interviewed by a high school student. And the the high school student was part of a, a little project that um, where they were they were these these young people were were being asked to go out into the community and 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 interview folks uh, to hear their stories, and then their stories would be written up in such a way that they could be shared with others, and neighbors would become more neighborly because we knew each other's stories. So I thought, well, why not? I can I can do that. I can sit down with this young boy and, and do an interview. Uh, I did my best to try to figure out how to go and make it interesting because we weren't going to spend six months doing this, but essentially 45 minutes to an hour. Um, But as I began to go and sort of tell my story, Pam's and my story, um, I soon realized that I I really, I couldn't make sense out of my own story without talking about my faith. I, I couldn't make sense out of my own story without talking about my faith. And so I went on to go and explain to this young boy that at a very, very early age, I had made a decision to follow Jesus. I had made a decision to follow Jesus. And I said, that has made all the difference. Now, as I said that to him, one, I'm feeling a little awkward about it all because, you know, this kid who comes through out of this sort of public programs is now hearing this preacher guy talk about Jesus. and um, But I didn't know how to go and talk about my life without doing it from including that faith perspective so you know I'm sitting there thinking does he in grasp at all what this might mean at all and then it, it dawned on me this little song came to mind uh, that that I, I felt sort of t- took all these little pieces and pushed them into one little, little little song and becomes one little story and and that that song was this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So I shared those words with this young high school kid, and as I did so, I just, in a sense, found myself offering up a, a prayer of thanks for what I believe to be the prompting of the Holy Spirit that a little song might be able to tell a very, very big story. Well, it wasn't until just this past week that I, I did a little research on this little song that I think carries a big story. And I learned that um, there are many people today who remember this song by way of the Civil Rights Movement because it was picked up and would often be sung by by people who were, as they were marching and as the police were had fire hoses on them and all of that. Imagine them singing this little light of mine. I'm going to let But some of us know because we grew up with it that this song has been around before that. It didn't originate the civil rights movement, but became a great gift to them. It originated in our churches. It originated as kids were being taught songs to sing about the big story. And so this little song was tucked away in my head and I carried it on my heart over all these many years, and I and I really do think that it goes to the heart in my own story of explaining what it means to follow Jesus. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And I think that as we all do, our carry our little lights around. Um, we will indeed be in one way or another, whether it's individually or as a faith community, uh, will be like rivers of living water. We'll have a story to tell this little item. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that we can know from the text that so long ago you made a promise being present to us by way of the Holy Spirit. We can also know by experience that that promise is true. And so we would pray, Lord, that we might just be aware from day to day what it means to be your people. What it means to be open to the prompting of your Holy Spirit what it means to allow our hearts to be changed from the inside out. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.